Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Austin and I went really far down the rabbit hole of the uh, the old uh, mascot thing during the break, Gordon. All right. Well, how far down do you go? We we went a ways. We, we even started looking into local history. I mean, it... It, how much do you know about uh, the Mormon Battalion? Because Austin and I were talking quite a bit about that during the break. Hmm. All right, it, well. it's actually a pretty interesting story. I, I I had heard the the outlines of the story, but I looked up a little bit uh, more about it during the break. Anyway, that's how far we went down. Is that Was an answer that a to your mascot question? for somebody? No, no, no. But we were talking about if it were a mascot, would that be offensive to say people, uh, our listeners, who have that histor- uh, history historic background? Okay. It's almost like we're going to get to a point where you have to choose an animal for your mascot. But then what about the PETA folks? No, we're not. See, now you're dismissing PETA? They're not the BYU dead cougars. They're just the BYU cougars, PETA. Uh, See, now you're just discounting PETA's opinion. No, you got to take it by its name. But, but Gordon, like we talked about in the the last segment, I don't don't know the answer to this, where where the line is. I'm pretty confident that uh, the the name Redskins is on the wrong side of that line, but I don't know, I don't know where you choose to draw it. And and you you defined it as well as you could in the last segment. And I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know. You've, you've made a point out of your previous discussion there about animals. Now we're comparing animals and people. And what does that say about including the people part? I don't know. I call Hans Olsen a teddy bear all the time. I I just meant for people to not be offended, I think. I don't think think mascots, I I honestly don't. I I believe this. I don't think mascots are mocking anybody. I think there's pride, or there should be some pride there. Now, the the cartoon mascot for the Cleveland Indians, I could see I could see why that needs to be evolved. Again, the Washington Redskins, that that certainly uh, needs to be evolved. I, I believe that, but I'm trying not to be a hypocrite here. I'm trying to figure out where my line is. Remember the the old school throwback Atlanta Braves, where it was the the head and face yeah. of an Indian warrior right. in face paint. Yeah, that that needs to go away, don't you think? I mean, it's it's interesting. I didn't know this until I, I was actually listening to Fox Sports over the over the weekend. But did you know that they named the franchise Washington Redskins? They named it the Redskins after their first their first head coach, who was a native or excuse me, American Indian, uh, was the, it was honoring him basically. How that that sounds apocryphal, right? I, I don't know. How I had does never that honor the, the man? I, I had never heard the story before, but. Isn't that, it? See, but the Cleveland Indians have tried to claim a, sa- a similar thing. When they first started getting a little bit of hot water for the name, they said, well, it was to honor this such and such player that was the first American Indian in Major League Baseball. But the day they announced the naming of the franchise, there was no note or mention of that anywhere. And, and I get it. By the way, Gordon, we've had this conversation. Symbols evolve. You know, mm-hmm. they, they evolve. They change over time. Um, and I and I certainly get that. So origin stories, I don't think, are necessarily the beginning and uh, and end. In fact, uh, the uh, the Washington NFL franchise has used this sort of anecdotal stuff to prop up this name for a long time. And again, I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think that that is right. But I mean, I I don't know. I I think 
if you keep going down, if the line moves, I guess is my point. It does. Should it? it yeah, I think it should. Uh, yeah, I think just because you establish something at some point in your in the overall extended timeline doesn't mean that it's going to be appropriate uh, forevermore. All right, it's time for your daily assist. Let's switch it up and talk a little basketball. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. He's joining us, of course, makes the magic happen at Sports Illustrated. He's Chris Mannix with us here on The Big Show. And Chris, you uh, told us you'd be joining us this week live from the bubble. So I guess, how's it going down there? Well, it's uh, early in the process. Um, just got here Sunday afternoon. Took my first coronavirus test on Sunday night. Uh, still waiting on those results as we speak. And then it's you know daily testing, stay in your room, isolation for the next uh, six days. Um, if you come out clean after seven days of quarantine, you uh, are allowed to kind of roam around a little bit and uh, do some work. But for the foreseeable future, I am uh, in my room on lockdown. So you can't even leave your room. Wow. No, they don't, they don't want you quite literally going anywhere. If you want ice, they'll bring it to you. They don't want you uh, stepping outside of your door. Do you think it's appropriate, the measures that uh, you're having to undergo? Yeah. I mean, look, it's. I think you know, erring on the side of caution is the right thing to do. I think, as we know, um, and as we've seen with the MLS, uh, you know, an outbreak on a team could could ruin everything, and you could have teams that be forced to go home or recalibrate entirely, and you know, ruin the integrity of the postseason. So, I think that you know what the NBA is doing; they're certainly strong measures, but I don't think they're inappropriate at all. I think that you know, look, it, you've already seen some craziness out there as well. I mean, whether it was Bruno Caboclo or. Uh, Rishon Holmes with the Kings, you know, two guys that are now stuck in 10-day quarantines because they stepped outside the NBA-approved zone. You know, that's that's the way it's going to be. You either follow the rules or you find yourself on the sideline, and, you know, those guys learn pretty early. Speaking of uh, of rules, Chris, just curious. I mean, you're obviously a, a great sports journalist, and, and you do uh, an amazing job telling stories. Uh, have they talked to you about what you can and cannot cover while you're you're in the bubble? I would imagine you can't just uh, just tweet out everything you see. Have they have they kind of messaged that with you? No, I mean, look, you really can, and actually, they're they're for you know transparency. Like they interesting want the world to know that they're you know all their protocols. Like they're not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. Like this is um, you know I asked that specific question just yesterday when we were getting our briefing. Like because I'm going to write something for tomorrow. Uh, like, how much of this do you want us to kind of put into the universe? They said all of it. It's fine. So, uh, you know, they're they're very open and very amenable to, to that stuff kind of getting out there. And uh, I think that's great. I think that's the only way you can do it. I mean, just, just be as transparent as possible and uh, hope that the protocols you have in place hold up. 
So just so I understand this properly, Chris, after a certain amount of time, then every once you're in and you're living by the rules, you can move about and uh, enjoy maybe some other activities and whatnot just the same way the players can? Yeah, not exactly the same. Um, as far as I know, we can't play golf, so that's one thing off the table. But you can you can roam around the campus. You certainly can go to practices, which I intend to do uh, as we move forward. Um you can, uh, you know, certainly you know, sit courtside at the games. I think it will be a huge plus for, for my coverage and the coverage of other people that are in here. Uh, there's a lot you can do uh, as soon as that uh, that quarantine is over. But I tell you what, guys, it, it seems like a long way away. I'm envisioning myself on day five, you know, making a, a friend out of a basketball like Tom Hanks and Castaway and, you know, this, and talking to it for the next, uh, the next few days. So it feels like it's a long stretch to be, to be isolated. Chris, how do you digest the news today that uh, they had two positive cases out of the 322, uh, I, I would say players, but I believe, you know, overall people that they tested on, on July 7th? What do you make of that news today? Well, I, I think it's important to note, too, that the players that tested positive were still in their initial isolation. So it wasn't like they were practicing with their teams while being positive. They were, you know, players and coaches had to go through a hard 36-day um, uh testing thing early on and and i believe i read it was reading this correctly they tested positive during that that period what's what's dangerous is if you have multiple players and multiple teams out there practicing while positive that that indicates a failure in the nba's bubble in the nba system that's why they're so diligent about players staying within their their uh their confines i mean it's it's weird i mean it sounds like Rishon holmes is basically ordered like uber eats and you know stepped outside the nba bubble for a split second to collect his food but that, that's the way it is. Ten-day quarantine right there. And I think that, that sends a pretty strong message to anybody that's trying to skirt the rules a little bit, maybe whether it's to bring somebody in or go somewhere else. I mean, that's, you know, if you wind up costing your team ten days of your time, that, uh, that says a lot. I agree with what you said, Chris. I, this is the only uh, format by which I feel confident watching watching a sport be able to really go forward. Uh, when we we've been considering the different difficulties for college football come fall, and I, I just don't know how they can do it. Uh, but I do understand how the NBA can do it under these conditions. Yeah, I mean the NBA, even though it seemed like at the time that it was the worst of of, of timings for it, could turn out to be one of the best. I mean they you had to shut down, but you know, they were able to cobble together protocols. They found a location, and they were able to restart their season. We'll have a full playoffs. Whereas I just, I mean, I'm not a medical expert by any stretch, but having experienced this for a few days and, and just how tightly they're keeping their bubble, there's no way you can do this without creating a campus. So baseball, I think, is going to have a tremendous amount of issues. Football, both college and pro, tremendous amount of issues. I mean, I just, look, I just don't think until we get a handle on this virus, whether it's via vaccine or people waking up and realizing that your day-to-day life involves, you know, staying in more and wearing masks every time you go out, uh, this is just going to be the way the way it, the way it is for the foreseeable future, and that you know, probably takes at least through the end of this calendar year. So we knew Avery Bradley wasn't going to be the Laker with the Lakers. We find out today that Rajon Rondo has a broken thumb. He's going to be out at least a couple of months after surgery. How much does uh, the combination of missing those two guys hurt them? Uh, it hurts considerably. I mean, you've, you've seen them have to already 
you know, go to the, the free agent scrap heap, if you will, to get J.R. Smith. They can't sign somebody to replace Rondo. But I, Rondo's one of those guys that, if history is any indicator, he'll be back well ahead of that six- to eight-week timetable. He just plays through a lot and has really going back to his days in Boston. Uh, but, uh, you know, if he's out for any period of time, especially that first round, it could be tough. I mean, the Portland Trailblazers are out there. And if they wind up grabbing that number eight seed, I mean, look out in that first round. That's a dangerous matchup, especially with the Blazers getting Nurkic and Zach Collins back into that rotation. I mean, that that could be the nightmare scenario for the Lakers. I mean, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to overplay the importance of a guy like Rondo or Avery Bradley because you still have LeBron and you still have Anthony Davis. Uh, but but that's the kind of nightmare matchup where if you have a depleted backcourt uh, and, and you have two guys in the front court that can match up with Davis, that's uh, that could be problematic. And that's where the, the loss of Rondo, I think, hurts the most. Chris, what are you hearing about the progress players are making in practices and whatnot? Uh, are, are is it uh, is it looking well? Uh, is it a good news scenario that teams are seeming to formulate back again and, and and be basketball players? Well, I mean, we're still at that point where everything is awesome, right? Like everybody looks great. This guy lost weight. This guy's in great <laughs> shape. And like I maintain that we're still not going to know anything until we get to the scrimmage portion of all this. We start to see what kind of game shape some guys are in and what kind of game shape they're not in, quite frankly. I mean, you like what you've seen from Carmelo Anthony. It looks like he lost a lot of weight. Uh, Rondo, before getting hurt, looked like he bulked up considerably. I mean, guys, a lot of guys physically look pretty good, but, I mean, you can hit the weights all you want. That doesn't put you in basketball condition. And, you know, let's not forget, shooting is a perishable skill. Like, if you don't do it for a while, uh, you eventually get it back, but maybe not in a matter of weeks that, you know, you're – that you're back in kind of the, the mix of, of, of a training camp. So I, I still think that we're a long way away from really understanding exactly where these teams are and if this is picking up where we left off or if something new kind of emerges. Chris, switching gears just a little bit, and I know you cover boxing and not necessarily MMA, and in fact I'm, I'm not sure if you're passionate about MMA or not, but what do you think about Dana White's Fight Island concept? Look, if, I think boxing and MMA are two sports that you you can pull this off reasonably well because you're not, you know, flying guys in for more than a few days at a time. Uh, you can keep everybody separate when it comes to training. You know, guys can do it on their own. They certainly lose something if they don't spar as often as they usually do. But you, you can still get yourself into boxing shape um, if you're uh, training on your own. So it is one of those. So the combat sports are, or should be able to get back on their feet fast. It's just, you know, the question is less about safety as much as is how long will these promoters, including Dana White, wait to make marquee matchups without crowds? Because, I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, the NBA, how much they lose with the crowd, NFL, what would they lose? In boxing, for big fights, it's massive. I mean, take Canelo Alvarez, who still doesn't have an opponent for September. You know, he loses in the neighborhood of $10 million if he doesn't uh, – if he doesn't fight money that goes, you know, a lot of which goes to him. So if you're not going to get that live gate, I mean, how long are you going to be willing to wait for it? What if this extends to the next year? How long is it going to be before we get full crowds back in the stands? That's the biggest question when it comes to to combat sports. They can come back and then come back safely, and they have uh, to a degree. But, you know, I don't know when we're going to see marquee matchups without the ability to have, you know, kind of butts and seats. Now that you're in the bubble, Chris, uh, have you had a chance to ruminate at all about, uh, about, has your opinion evolved regarding the possibility for big-time surprises, competitively speaking? No, I I think we're going to have at least something wacky happen, and whether that means a 
bottom four seed make it to a conference finals, whether that means somebody make it to the NBA finals, I don't know. I mean, there's I, – I, I'll put it this way. I, I would bet against chalk, that's for sure. Like, I would – I'm not putting any money on a Bucks lakers NBA Finals. I'm just not. It's just too weird, the situation. Too much can happen uh, over the next few months with the way these guys are playing that, that could change things. So, you know, I remember the 99-2000 the season where the Knicks were the eighth seed. They went all the way to the finals. I can see something similar happening in this circumstance, maybe even wackier because – you know, that this at least that year you had the team start their season late but take it all the way through. This is you know starting something entirely new and trying to get back into shape on the fly. So I, I think that you know every series could be compelling. It really could because I mean how do these guys respond without fans? Who adjusts better? I mean there's a mental toll that this takes on you. I mean these guys you know have you know their, their needs catered you know as much as they want. But you know let's let's see how they're feeling you know mentally in mid August when. They're starting the first round of the playoffs. Are they still kind of locked in, or has the mental toll of kind of being away from everybody taken something off of them? So there's there's a lot of variables here that that can't be accounted for until we get into them. I like the way you said that, Chris. It's just too weird. It really is. Yeah. Well, Chris, yeah, we... it just it's it's a weird situation. Oh, sorry about that, Chris. We appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, stay well and don't go too stir crazy, man. Yeah, that's you got it, guys. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A lot of media guys are used to staying in hotel rooms, but to not be allowed out? And is there like a, is there like a little latch in the door where they can slide your your meal under the latch? So I, I'm not sure. I, I'm wondering if there are going to be enough handsome cabs available to take them over to the playing facilities. <laughs> I just, I just wonder. Is it like, is it like Papillon? What a great movie! Nice reference. They they remade it. Did they? When did they remake yeah, it? Yeah, I think there. I think there's a remake of it. Who's in that? Uh, the original Dustin Hoffman, right? No, it, 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 I thought it was. Uh, wasn't it? Um, it was Steve McQueen? Was I it? think it was Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Okay, let me see here. I don't know. And I, I think a few years ago, it seems like somebody can't thought it was a good idea to make that movie. I, I always wonder about remaking movies that are kind of classics. Yeah, 1973 was the original. 2017 was the remake that you're talking about. Cast Steve McQueen uh, starred as Papillon and Dustin Hoffman okay. as Louis Dega. See if there's anybody else really. Uh, anyway, there you go, Papillon. Anyway, wait, sorry, I was I was taken aback by your reference. I love it. So but what, what were you comparing? So are they sliding a tray of uh, gross food under the door, or in the case, this case, maybe nicer food, but just sliding it under the I door guess. and shutting it real quick? I think in all honesty, didn't one of the players talk about this over the weekend? I think they're just in the the room service. Oh, it was Joe Ingles on the Joe Ingles show. Uh, mm-hmm. The room service is just knocking, and then they. Move along. So you open up the door and grab it. I'm gonna. If I were a guy like Chris, I would feel a lot more confident about moving around in that scenario, knowing everybody had gone through this. Everybody except for the employees, which is a little troubling. But uh, most of the people that you're going to be anywhere near, I've uh, pretty well been cleared. 
All right, we want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home, and right now Zero Res is cleaning carpets for just $33 per room. Mention Jake from The Zone when you call and get a fourth room for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning. We'll have more uh, coming up right around the corner. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, child! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got the Not Sports Report coming up at 4.50. Stay tuned for that. We'll do what's going on at 5. Drop of the day at 5.30. Quick. Hey, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Gordon. You know what's something that's really cool? I, I saw this during the break, and I hadn't seen it before, and it brought back fond memories. Did you see this video online of Justin Thomas's 88-year-old grandpa playing golf? Uh, no. I mean, he's got a nice swing. Uh, he's 88 years old, and it reminded me of when I've been when I have played with uh, one time a friend of mine. And it reminds I, me of when you play too. No, we got uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, we we got uh, matched up in a foursome with two guys who were born in like ot six or something. I don't know, both of them were really old, and both of them they didn't hit the ball long, but they could play golf. And I, I remember sitting there watching them play. And I going, this is this is a joy. And plus, they were really cool dudes. And we just had a wonderful time. I, I love it when I see that. I love it when I see older gentlemen or, or women out on the golf course playing the game. Man. It's, and and they're, they're, they're good. It's like, it reminds me of your whole argument about how Shaquille O'Neal isn't a good basketball player. You know, These guys can't hit it like they once did. But they're good golfers. They're skilled dudes who can who can play, and it's fun to be around them. Uh, that's one of the, the the appealing things about golf, right? Uh, that you can play most, if not all, of your life. Isn't that what uh, what they say? Uh, kind of what's appealing about the sport? I kind of like hanging out with old guys. <laughs> well, so do I, obviously. <laughs> no. Jake. Thank you. Very nice. And let me ask you this. Austin doesn't, Austin doesn't enjoy it quite so much. But I, I, I don't know. I always figured this. When I play golf with old older guys, I figure I might be able to learn something from them. You know? Wouldn't, We've uh, seen a few things. Wouldn't somebody born in aught six be only 14? <laughs> this was back. This was a long time ago. Oh, so there were 114? No, this was this was like uh, I think I had the I had an experience where both of the guys uh, were really I mean they could shoot they could almost shoot their age both of them and I had that we got paired up with them and this was probably around nineteen early nineties. So you once while playing golf got matched up with two old people. <laughs> who were really good <laughs> made that kind of impression on you it did they were good can you imagine being able to shoot your age 
Uh, no, no, not at. Uh, well, maybe. Let's see. Uh, how old am I? Thirty nine. <laughs> I could, in theory, shoot thirty nine in nine holes. Nine holes. Yeah, that's what I figured. What? You can't shoot thirty nine for eighteen holes. Nobody can. I know. You said shoot my age. I could shoot thirty nine for nine holes. Maybe not easily. Well, obviously, I was referring to eighteen holes, but uh, and I've seen. I mean, those guys could do it, so it's possible. Obviously, your 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 ability to hit the ball farther diminishes with age, Jake. So, but they could do it. I think they were in their late seventies. Hmm. Uh, real quick, Gordon, what do you think about the uh, idea of moving Ben Simmons to power forward? <laughs> that's uh, that's a big story in the NBA. Apparently, Brent Brown said today he's been pl- playing Ben Simmons exclusively. Uh, power forward in practices. And uh, this this move would actually move Al Horford to the bench, which might not be extremely popular. But, uh, you know, of all the love for Ben Simmons, he can't even play the position he was drafted to play. Because he can't shoot. Right. And by the way, this isn't going to make the spacing thing better. I would think it would make it worse. Was his skill set, because it seems to me like when he does score, he it's because he takes somebody off the dribble. Right, which you would want him playing point guard, right? You'd want him with the ball in his hands. Uh, but if you're playing power forward, if your power forward is trying to take people off the dribble then as opposed to playing with his back to the basket, I I don't know. Maybe in, in the modern game that would be – there would be more room for that sort of thing. But You want uh, Brent Brown's uh, rationale? Sure. Which, by the way, I, I kind of am not buying into, but here's what he says. Uh, quote, he's so dynamic – Let's just talk about running. There's nobody faster in the NBA. So to always have the ball and dribble it up against five guys, to do that dilutes some of his uh, potent weapons. So watching him fly up the floor, watching him and Joel play off each other has been a really good look. I think they've been fantastic together. Hmm, That's interesting. That's innovative thinking. I guess. But, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. He's best with the ball in his hands, taking people off the dribble. What are you? What are you talking about? Uh, well, well, he's too fast to play point guard. Okay, Brent. <laughs> all right, all right, bro. This sounds good. You know, he's just too fast to be playing that position, and and going one on five. I don't think that's. I don't think that's how it works. Is is Mike Conley going one on five every time he brings the ball up the floor? I think they they're. they're they're looking for ways to make him effective offensively. Right, and not have it to, uh, take away from what Joel Embiid is doing. Because here's the thing, and we, we watched this with the Jazz for years. I mean, they got a lot out of favors and Gobert together, Gordon, uh, but it, it caused some issues too. I mean, it was tough mm-hmm. for Rudy or Derek to play offense because their guy was in the paint the whole time. Right. And and that Joel Embiid has complained about that this year, that he's stuck standing outside shooting threes because Ben Simmons' guy is always in the lane. <laughs> and I don't think uh, I don't think this fixes that, do you? No, it doesn't. No. So I guess we'll see how this goes, but this just seems like, like Brent Brown is throwing darts at a dartboard. Like, yeah, let's see if this works. Well, he's looking for a way to make his player, who is quite talented, effective. Yeah, I don't blame him for that. Athletically yeah, he, gifted, just not good at basketball. Oh, he just can't shoot. I know. I'm I'm kidding. He's, he's a great passer. There's no doubt. He's a good ball handler. Ter- terrific athlete. 
And think about what he might be able to do passing the ball out of the out of the four spot. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's like an Anthony Mason kind of thing when he was uh, with the Knicks and with the the Hornets, where he kind of played a post point guard. But it still doesn't get his guy out of the lane, which is the the problem to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Can Ben Simmons post guys up? I would guess he could. Why not? I just wonder how that's going to go with a bigger player on him. Well, geez, he's he's still bigger than most power forwards. How big's Ben Simmons? He's six ten, six eleven, right? Is he that tall? Oh yeah, I hmm. think so. Let's see, Ben Simmons height six ten. Yeah, six okay. ten, two forty. I mean, he's I, he's bigger than most guys in the league. Yeah, yeah, you bring up a good point there. I just when I think of a power forward, I think of a strong guy who's going to be difficult to maneuver. But maybe he can spin around him or whatever. Well, two forty is pretty stout. Yeah, it's true. I didn't realize he was 240. Yeah, he's big. Oh, and he's okay. got a seven-foot wingspan, too. He's long. But he can't shoot. But he can't shoot, Gordon. Difficult. He plays He plays good defense. Uh, he probably could play defense against any position. I, I think he can play defense against any position. There's there's a lot of value for in Ben Simmons, but I, I always got frustrated when, when he's he's – just terrible at one of the key key components to basketball, especially nowadays. And I guess I got annoyed that people wanted to crown him so early. Yeah, crown I him a superstar so. Especially early. if you saw that. Remember that documentary on him, and he he seemed like a guy who took a lot for granted. Well, and I think you know Rajon Rondo's in the news today, breaking his thumb. He's a, he's kind of a six ten Rajon Rondo. Me, not to say that he shouldn't be in the league because he obviously should, but. You know, you're you're never going to be, I think, a superstar at that position anymore unless you know how to shoot the ball. Hmm. I mean, are can there be, are there can that be can that be said for the four slot too? Maybe you know what? That's a good point, Gordon. You could you could absolutely make that argument about the the four spot. I mean, we're seeing more and more teams go that way, including including the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And so uh, Philly was supposed to go that way too, right? With Tobias Harris. So I guess they're just throwing that out the window. Maybe the only the only, the only position that doesn't have to be able to shoot the ball is the center spot right. now. And, and, even, and then, even in that case, yep. Think about what Mehmet Okur would do in the modern NBA. He'd be great. He'd be great. He'd be a perfect fit. He was just a if little I bit were, before his time. If I were a youth coach, man, I'd be having my kids working on ball handling skills, shooting, and passing all day long. And I and they say, what about rebounding? I mean, eh, get somebody else to rebound. You work on shooting because that's what you're going to have to be able to do. All right, Not Sports Report coming up next. Stay tuned for that. What's going on at the top of the 5 o'clock hour? Let's get to a quick back-to-basketball update. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, we had Chris Mannix on at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. He is in the bubble in Orlando covering the NBA's return. Here's uh, Here's him talking about testing and the structure down there. I think you know, erring on the side of caution is the right thing to do. I think, as we know, um, and as we've seen with the MLS, uh, you know, an outbreak on a team could, could ruin everything, and you could have teams that be forced to go home or recalibrate entirely. And 
you know, ruin the integrity of the postseason. So I think that, you know, what the NBA is doing, they're certainly strong measures, but I don't think they're inappropriate at all. Other NBA news, Russell Westbrook tweeted this out today. Quote, I tested positive for COVID-19 prior to my team departure to Orlando. I'm currently feeling well, quarantined, and looking forward to rejoining my teammates when I am cleared. Thank you all for the well wishes and continued support. Please take this virus seriously. Be safe. Mask up. Hashtag why not. Uh, Other NBA uh, news, uh, Rashawn Holmes is in quarantine once again after he left the NBA's bubble to pick up a food delivery. And there is your back-to-basketball update brought to you by our friends at Zions Bank for a bank that understands your business. Zions Bank is for you. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's time for the Nod Sports Report here on the Big Show, brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. By the way, before we do that, it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.15, you'll get a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game, brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordo, uh, Nod Sports time, where are we going? Going to New Jersey. Okay, can I just stop for a second here and salute the heroes of our times, the food delivery people out there? Okay. You with me on that? The heroes of our times, yeah. Okay. So, so they belong in that group, do they sure. not? All yeah. the people out there that are delivering food to uh, to those in need and those too lazy to go get it themselves? Uh, getting food on people's tables is important. I agree. It is. Well, this one particular person, a DoorDash delivery driver in New Jersey, named Natalia Bruno, if that's how you say it, she, uh, <laughs> she was driving a Chipotle delivery to a, a, a person uh, on the other night, and there was a, a huge rainstorm uh, that that came upon her. Now, if you've never back east, they get these rainstorms sometimes that are, I mean, they create torrents of water. Well, she was driving her Prius, and she drove it straight into a trench of water that had accumulated on the road, and so she tried to get out of her car. And the current pulled her under the vehicle, knocked her phone out of her hand, and essentially Bruno was then uh, sucked into a storm drain and carried almost a mile through a tunnel. If this de- if this ends in in death, I'm going to be really mad. No, just hold on here. Okay, she was carried. Roughly fourth through uh, a four thousand foot culvert at a rate of thirty to forty miles per hour, according to authorities, she was gasping for air, and uh, she was trying to grab a hold of the walls of the concrete tunnel, and it was just whipping four thousand feet. 
That's like the length of what, 13, 14 football fields? All in this torrent, in this current? She she just was trying to keep her head above water, quite literally. And she said at one point she was ready to give up, but then she saw a light. And she, in her words, said that, uh, quote, I hope it's not God. Because then she would have been dead. She uh, got dumped into the Passaic River where she floated on her back for another few minutes before climbing to safety. Mm. She was reporting this. She was, uh, or actually telling the story to the New York Times. And uh, she did, She just couldn't believe that she got out of that tunnel alive. And neither can I. Can you imagine that kind of terror, that kind of horror? Wow. She says she is lucky to be alive. And uh, I, I just want to. Pay tribute to folks that are out there, you know, delivering through rain, sleet, snow, or sunshine. Kind of reminds me of shooting the tube. You ever done that, Gordon? <laughs> no, and you haven't either, Jake, because it's highly illegal and dangerous. Shooting the tube is illegal? Dangerous, uh, yes. I understand, but illegal? Really? Which, yes. tube were you, which tube were you shooting? Uh, there's a, a, Allegedly. a pipe that goes, that, that takes, what, what's the, the creek called that comes down Parley's Canyon? I don't remember. Uh, the one that goes by Suicide Rock? Yeah, there? yeah, the, 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 the tube's right there by Suicide Rock. Yeah, it's a pipe that goes under the freeway there and then comes out in, in a pool at the bottom of, what's that park called, Tanner Park or whatever? Where you, you dam up the, the stream so that uh, when you, you kick the dam loose, the, the wave washes you down the tube. So what you're saying is that you did this? Oh, not that this this what this person went through sounds far more intense than than what I did. But it does it reminds me of that you said the light at the end of the tunnel and reminded me mm-hmm. of when you shoot the tube, you can see the you can see the light down there. Have you well, ever done that, lit- Gordon? She, no, I have not done that. At it's that cold. Their place. It's not warm. It's cold. I have to ask my kids if they ever did. that. Oh, is guaranteed it, they is, have. Is it blocked off? I mean, is it illegal? Is it? It's illegal, I believe, yes, but blocked off, I mean, not really. You can Anybody can hike down there. Well, just be careful out there, everybody. I'm going to go I, do I that this said, weekend. No, you situ- are not. That sounds awesome. I'm going to do it this situation weekend. situation like crowded, this where this, this woman thought she was facing death, and how, how frightening would that be? She was carried nearly a mile in that current. But she lived, Jake, so I, I guess it's a happy ending. I, too, have been to Cherry Hill. This lady can calm down. What What about Cherry Hill? The one in... Uh... I've been carried a mile by water as well. Oh, yeah, Cherry Where? Hill. You know, I've never been there. Cardiac Canyon up in Kaysville, Fruit Heights. Yeah, it's a Kaysville water park. Family owned wow. and operated. It's fun. I've driven I've driven by it a zillion times. Amazing go. pies. Go to the pie pantry really? at Cherry Hill. Okay. And you'll never wait, leave. Wait, wait a second. I don't think going through some little flu up there at Cherry Hill is like like being swept away by a flood. I think it's exactly the same. Actually. How would you know? You've never been to Cherry Hill. Yeah. All right. <laughs> for for four fifths of a mile. They did get rid of their batting cages, though. That made me upset. Where can you go to batting cages these days? I don't know. Boondocks? Do they still have? I haven't been to a batting cage in quite some time. The greatest fun, stu- fun spot you'll ever know, Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill. Mm. 
right. I'll be sending them a bill. Well, I'm very happy that uh, that uh, she survived, Gordon. That's good. She did. Yeah. Yep. But a shout out to everybody out there delivering food. And I don't care what your excuse is. If my food's late and cold, I don't care if you got swept away by a mile of water. <laughs> just don't get yeah, just don't get sucked into a storm drain. Get me my pizza ASAP. Well, I don't think that delivery was made. <laughs> well then, bad Yelp review for them. <laughs> That'll That'd be teach. one saggy saggy bag of uh of mexican <laughs> what happened to this it looks like you went down a log flume exactly <laughs> i want to know has anybody shot the tube lately is that still a thing i wonder tweet at me let me know yeah and, have you done it recently tweet at, uh slcpd as well while you're at it. hey sh- sh- they have better things to do with their time austin they don't need to be I the fun police. you're encouraging people to do something that's illegal has anyone purchased weed while you're at it? Let's just go all the way here. <laughs> Give us your name, first and last. <laughs> uh, the the Moon Rock was the other fun one, but that that's definitely illegal. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tell more tales from, from Jake's childhood coming up next on the Stay big Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.